0: Be famous, and that's okay. Something I read in the New York Times, which I thought was really good. Um, so maybe we'll do that in about 10 minutes or so. It finishes with a couple of paragraphs from the novel Middle March by George Eliot, which I've never read, but is I just read it and it was devastating. So we'll pass that along in about 10 minutes. Really, it's
1: a yeah. novel or is it a novella?
0: one of my all-time intellectual heroes, Chris Hitchens, said, I don't want to t- talk to anybody who hasn't read Middlemarch. And then I thought, well, I guess I well, can't talk. Well, you're dead
1: now, me. so it's not going <laughs> to happen anyway.
0: I guess I can't talk to wow, them.
1: Wow, I uh but, wow, what's the what's the rough plot? Boy meets girl. <laughs> I mean,
2: better uh, for it at the end? Well, hmm? it it overcomes me
1: It fits in with the
0: you'll never be famous and that's okay. It's two people who wanted to live like these grand consequential lives. And uh, and 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 one figured out that that's not the way to go, ah. and one didn't, and uh, that sort of thing. Huh? Interesting. And just living your regular life is is the best you can hope for, and the, the and the easiest way to be happy. But th- and I don't want to get into it now. That's coming up.
1: We ought to spend half our time as human beings thinking about what is happiness really, and how should I pursue it, instead of just constantly pursuing it. Yeah. It's difficult. usually barking up uh, the wrong trees. Not to get too philosophical on right. I'll make a body noise soon enough. Stay with us, mm. but yeah, you know.
0: more of that coming up. Yeah. Okay, you'll you'll never be famous, and that's okay. Uh yeah. Okay. So, was there something else you wanted to do? Uh no,
2: no. I pass.
1: Um. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I thought better of that. Wow, we're all chickening out on what we're going to talk about. No, I just, I don't know. We, we banged that drum a little bit. You know, the one thing that really bothers me, I saw on cable news last night, and talking about the DACA thing, and absolute people of good conscience, decent, uh, uh, people who love this country, can have different opinions about what our immigration law ought to be. Obviously. That's why we debate it. We 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 exchange ideas. We try to persuade each other. We now now I'm getting into fantasy land. We listen to each other and consider each other's opinions. <laughs>
2: Look at this guy. Yeah, I considering know considering other people's opinions. I know.
1: Um, and, and then we have our, our representatives vote in the uh, the two houses of Congress and put a bull on the bill on the president's desk. I know this is crazy talk, but you know, there was there was a tone of of dismissiveness uh, from your left leaning media yesterday about the very idea that. We've got to return this to the constitutional norms of how laws get passed. The idea that, oh, so now Trump, and of course it's Trump, and not the vast majority of Americans who think this way, Trump is talking about how, you know, Congress ought to pass the laws. He's just throwing it to his base. It's the white supremacist. Look, can't we all agree? Can't you say Trump's an idiot? I hate the policy. I think uh, we ought to have 7 billion people flow into the country with no border, but we got to have Congress pass that law. The president shouldn't decide. Right. The Congress can't, or I'm sorry, the president can't write, sign, and implement, and then then, uh, change his own laws, because that's not a constitutional republic. I was really troubled by the dismissiveness of that very question. But you know, cable news sucks, and cable news panels mostly suck, and you probably shouldn't watch them. But, <laughs> but well, most most people don't. The idea that you wouldn't even take you know, and I take this stuff way too seriously, but the idea that you wouldn't take a a minute to offer a reasoned counter argument to that point. Look, we can't have the presidents just declaring what the law is and then making it up and going from there. We've got to have Congress pass the laws. The fact that he's always just—I
0: just—I found that disturbing. Well, it's always about Trump. Uh, Everybody makes it about Trump, one way or the other, which is, is, you know, to drive ratings, which is not healthy. Part of it, well, for the newspapers and the channels, it might be to drive ratings. I think from uh, from from for the Democrats, I think it's. Hoping the next election is on Donald Trump,
1: right? And to or the, the best to keep ability. Hispanic people whipped up. I mean, that's a good solid voting block. Don't and they you want think- to see if they can turn Hispanic people into the next black people who always, you know, predominantly always vote Democrat? I would suggest to my African American friends that's a mistake. Uh, not that the Republicans are a uh, you know, the, 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 you know, a cakewalk either, but. Um, They want to turn the the Hispanic people into that, and so they're whipping it up as hard as they can. It's politics. It's ugly. It's nasty. And, And I'm shocked at the number of people who can't see through that, who get caught up in the whipping up. Don't you see what they're doing to you? It's like we're talking about with the commercials. All the delighted, smiling children playing with, I almost said hungry, hungry hippos, which is like a game of the 70s. What's I just cheated that game.
2: With the what? How do you yeah. cheat at Hungry Hungry Hippos? My my floor in my room as a as a youth was not flat. He would starve. Flat. He would starve the hippo for weeks, so it was extra hungry hungry. <laughs> yeah, so the my floor wasn't perfectly flat. So I would just make sure that I was on the downhill side of my room, oh, and so the marbles my God. would roll to my hippo. I was very good. And did other people not know that? They didn't catch on. no. Gotcha. It was very slight. It was a very. It, it, it wow. wasn't like on an incline. So it's like loaded
1: dice, really. A little it's bit. It's a yeah. carpenter's yeah. level, and uh, yeah. Anywhere. Where was I?
2: Uh, Congress oh, is like don't commercials. Don't you see
1: yeah. you're, 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 you're being played on both sides? But be aware when you're being played. I don't know. I got the skeptical gene. I was born with it, I guess. But I like this headline. Worst Tinder date ever involved feces, firefighters, and a GoFundMe campaign. I'd like to hear that story before, you know, our career is over. Which could be tomorrow. I mean, I can picture, no, no, says everybody who works on the show. Uh, I can see feces, and I can see firefighters. Difficult to imagine some scenario that goes so badly wrong that it involves both. Do you want the Notes version of it? Yeah, I would like to hear the CliffsNotes
0: version. Sure, CliffsNotes. and then so,
1: we'll we'll decide whether to
0: uh, delve in any, then how, any and further. How, and how you end up with a GoFundMe campaign.
2: Yeah, so the... Uh... So, the couple ends up back at his place. She uses the facilities, as one does, uh, as having a bit of a flushing problem. She panics, doesn't know what to do. God, that's the worst. Um, So, she proceeds to fish it out and try to throw it out the window. (sighs) There's a screen on the window. Mm. It gets caught in the screen. No. So oh, she goodness. has to kind of come clean about what has happened, what has transpired, so to speak, yeah. and they they both say, "All right, well let's let's fix this problem. Let's pretend like it never happened. We'll just move on." Isn't <laughs> this crazy? This is a story we will tell our grandchildren. That's a heck of a thing to move so on from. So then, when and in, in, in some way, Let me get this straight.
1: <laughs> you yeah. Anyway. So
2: at some point, she is climbing into the window to to try to clean it out. She gets stuck. There is some damage done to the window frame or the screen or something like that. They have to call the fire department in to get her unstuck from the window. Wow. The GoFundMe campaign is to repair for the damage done to the window that they did trying to fix the feces problem of it being stuck in the screen.
0: Did they end up doing it?
2: <laughs> that day? I don't know. The, the story didn't go into that. Way to bottom line it. Well, that's, I thought that's what Tinder was all about. <laughs> what became of the feces?
0: Oh, dad, dad, don't go there. Oh,
2: oh, they threw it in a garbage can. We Good.
0: have to, We because ha- the transition from your coarse comments to George Eliot's Middlemarch is is difficult. <laughs>
1: Um, sorry. You'll never be famous. Why don't you just put on your top hat when you need me to keep it classy, and then I'll know.
0: <laughs> uh, you'll never, be, never be famous, and that's okay. And it's really pretty interesting philosophical stuff. I hope it's not too heavy for talk radio.
1: It's
0: about what makes people happy.
1: We all know this. I think we need to heap an help out of that. It's
0: not new news. We all know it. It's just difficult to live it. Bad Tinder date stories make me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. the plumber with the mustache from Donkey Kong? Well, according to a new character bio posted by Nintendo, Mario is no longer a plumber. I know. His bio says he used to be a plumber a long time ago, and of course, This got people really powered up. There were angry posts on social media. Mario is a plumber. How dare they say he isn't? You've ruined my childhood. Screw you, Nintendo. All that kind of thing. Well, look, Super Mario eats mushrooms and gets in fights with turtles. He's not a plumber. He's a stoner. Okay? (laughs) The only plumbing he does is when he loses his keys in the toilet bowl. So calm down. (laughs) You
1: know, (laughs) Kimmel's hilarious. Next time uh, maybe it's your company. Maybe it's you personally. Whatever. Next time people are posting angrily to social media, keep in mind the rage caused by Nintendo saying, Mario's not a plumber anymore. <laughs> people went crazy Did with they? bitter anger. Come on. Yeah. Seems
0: to be the only emotion that exists in social media. <laughs>
1: Outrage. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no kidding. Uh so I don't know this woman, Emily Smith. Uh she wrote a one of the many books that have come out in the last however many years about how to be happy. And they all say the same thing. Uh that trying to be rich and famous won't make you happy. So we all we all we all know it, but we 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 for some reason can't live it. Anyway, so this article, You'll never be famous and that's okay. And it was uh uh It's from the on-campus section, so this is designed for college kids. Today's college students desperately want to change the world, but too many think that living a meaningful life requires doing something extraordinary and attention-grabbing, like becoming an Instagram celebrity, starting a wildly successful company, or ending a humanitarian crisis. Having idealistic aspirations, of course, part of being young, but thanks to social media, purpose and meaning have become conflated with glamour. Extraordinary lives look like the norm on the Internet. Yet the idea that a meaningful life must be or appear remarkable is not only elitist, but also misguided. Over the past five years, this woman, who's written a a, a number of books about this, said, I've interviewed dozens of people across the country about what gives their lives meaning, and I've read through thousands of pages of psychology, philosophy, and neuroscience research to understand what truly brings people satisfaction. The most meaningful lives I've learned are often not the extraordinary ones. They're the ordinary ones lived with dignity. Um, and I think we all know what, that. What right? was that word you said?
2: The, he he said a D? lot of words. Started with a D. Dignity. Oh, I get, <laughs> what does that mean? Pull up your pants now.
0: The idea that you can live just a regular, ordinary life, uh, raise your kids, be a husband or a wife, go to work. Be well thought of at work, make a good living. Kids move off. You keep working. You stop at some point. You're retired and you die. And that's perf- not only okay, But that is the most likely way to end up happy, I think strikes a lot of people, maybe particularly young people, as, wow, that's a drag. Disappointing. Yeah, it's disappointing that that's the best way to end up happy. Right.
1: Which is interesting. Well, because it's uh, it's a complete change expectation-wise and and hope-wise, which is, it's jarring for anybody. So we're chasing hits of emotional cocaine, uh, in my mind. Yeah, according to the drug fiends I've spoken to.
0: Yeah. And do we have the ability to uh, to stop doing that? Um, is a good question uh, or, or teaching that to people or some so somehow we're teaching that to people, right? But anyway, uh, so uh, this author quotes the George Eliot novel Middlemarch, which was written 130 years ago. And most of you have never read. And it's a classic and I haven't read it either. Maybe I should. But anyway, this is uh, from the very end of it. Talking about this One. Uh, character who figured out that just re- le- living a good, decent life was the way to end up the most happy. This character. Now I quote, and if, if this doesn't come out as great, it's my fault, not the book's fault, because this is great. Her nature was like that of a river, which spent itself into channels which had no great name on the earth. But the effect of her being on those around her was incalculably diffusive. For the growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts and that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half owing to the number of people who live their life faithfully, a hidden life and rest in unvisited tombs. Wow, that's some fancy talk. It is there. some
1: fancy talk. Oh, I had to listen with everything I got.
0: It takes. It t- maybe I should post it because maybe it's easier to read and take right. it all
1: in. Or you could paraphrase it. Using your
0: verbal gift. <laughs> <laughs> um, the little stuff you do every single day, just raising your kids and going to work, it, it, it just it just reaches out into the world mm. and makes the world a better place. And all of our lives, my life, is better for all the people out there that are just living their normal lives on a day-by-day basis. You know, parents raising their kids and my kids go to the same school as them and just, you know, stopping at the way home to get a tire change. Whatever you're doing. Just everybody living their ordinary lives with dignity. It makes my life better. Mm-hmm. And the reverse. And that is what's what makes us most happy. And is going to give us a most meaningful and happy life. Not the extraordinary act. It's just the little things every
1: single day leeching out into the world. Interesting. Interesting. Is all the book that fancy talk? I, I don't yeah, know it's 700 I
0: pages and I've started into oh! it before and uh, yeah, got lost.
1: And it was from when, you said? Like uh, the think, 18, um, I, 1880s? I'm going or off nine? the
0: top of my head. When was Middlemarch uh, written? I'm going to go with 18, Middle March, I'm guessing. I'm going to go with 1890, but I'm just guessing. Yeah. I,
1: I, um, I wouldn't know if old, uh, what's his name, came in here and hit me over the head with a signed copy. George Completed Eliot.
2: Completed the novel in 1871. Well, that was a pretty good guess. Uh, George Eliot, actually a woman, by the way. It's a, it's a pseudonym. Is she a lesbian? Um, <laughs> oh, is that to, to one of those things where she had to do that to get her stuff published?
0: I don't remember Back why sex sex sexist, sexist right.
2: past. I don't remember. It was pretty common.
0: Um, but this, you know, this actually kind of fits in with my falling off the uh, sugar wagon last night. So it was my wife and I's anniversary, and um, so uh, I got her a gift, and I got her uh, some chocolate cake. Nice. Mm. Uh, and uh, some cheesecake. I got a variety pack. This is what I usually do. I get the variety pack from some like good dessertery, and then let her choose whichever she wants. Oh, nice. Anyway, I ended up eating some of it. I knew I would. Mm. I've been really good for a couple of weeks. I haven't had any, like almost no sugar all day long. And then I ate some. And once I started eating some, I ate more than I wanted to. And the way that this fits in is I have eliminated almost all vices in my life. I I don't drink anymore. I I don't I don't eat bad stuff. I don't watch frivolous TV. Um sex as a vice is eliminated from my life. I've eliminated all... and when you eliminate almost all vices from your life, mm-hmm. sometimes it just seems like what do I have to look forward to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's just it just feels like god dang it this is dull. Yeah. And and it really does. Yeah. And and and, and and so I read something recently about how that is a common thing. And this was some religious stuff I was reading about it's very common. If you eliminate all your, 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 the sinful things you do, it's very, it's a very troubling period you have to go through before you get readjusted or reacquainted with what is going to give you happiness and meaning out of life. Yeah. And, and people often go through a, a period of this, this sucks. This I'm whole gonna... <laughs> this whole not having any vices or, or any, any, you know, I'm just living for instant pleasure. This sucks. Mm. I don't like this at all. And it's common to go through it. As, but that's the period apparently I'm in. I don't know if I'm going to come up the other side <sighs> or not. But it is. it just feels like, it's like, what am I looking forward to today? Okay, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to try hard. I'm going to pick up my kids from school. I'm going to play with them. I'm going to be nice to my wife. I'm going to clean the house. I'm going to do the dishes. All the things you're just talking about here—this, the, 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 little, you know, channels of rivers reaching out into the world that make other people's lives better. When am I
1: get slappy drunk in this uh, day, or get laid, or <laughs> eat a giant chocolate cake, or, just, or get drunk, or buy something
0: stupid that makes me feel good for a half an hour? Just and,
2: Smear cake all over ourselves <laughs> and make love. Entirely self-indulgent. Yeah, like, uh, scratching that selfish yeah. itch. When right? am
0: I going to do that? And just doing that day, which is what makes us happy, according to all psychologists, you start the day looking at that, and it just seems like, oh, God, there's not the- what am I looking forward to yeah, here? Boy. It's, boy. it's really interesting. I don't know, you know. Especially too much
2: effing perspective. Especially when you consider that, that those kind of selfish impulses, those are really just pleasure placebos. Those, oh, absolutely. It, but somehow it doesn't connect that yep. that's, that's what they are, and yep. you still want to do those things at all. Oh, yep. I in, did, yeah.
0: Intellectually, I know the buy in thing, the sex, the food, whatever is a temporary, uh, you know, piece of enjoyment. The long lasting, lasting happiness is by far the fact that I'm playing with my kids and being nice to them. When I look back over it, like the last weeks, months, years, or whatever, I'm happy I've done it. Sure. But just getting up in the morning and looking at your day, it seems like Dullsville,
1: Daddy O. Yeah, when do I get mine? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What's in it for me? A little pleasure, a little bump, a little uh, something for me, huh? Now, has everybody always been that way? Uh, well, I would say those philosophies are as old as recorded history. Yeah, but you uh, weren't you weren't buying stuff
0: on Amazon in uh, in the year seven hundred. No, nah, you're going down to the village smithy and getting yourself
2: a horseshoe. You don't even have a horse, but it just feels good to buy stuff. When I get four, then I'll get a horse. <laughs> right? Exactly. I can't I just be walking that. around with a shoeless horse. Yeah, hey, uh, Aug the
1: Magnificent over there tells me they're lucky, so I'm, I'm getting me one. <laughs> That's a horse," said most of the settled world. Yeah, um, yeah I don't. I, yeah, I tell you what, the, the, there is very little new wisdom, unless it's you know based on scientific you know neuroscans or whatever. But that just tends to to support the basis of the most the oldest philosophies on earth. They don't change, but we ignore them, and so a new prophet comes along, a new teacher, a new whatever, and then and, and tries to rephrase it to you and. And people think, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And some flock to it, some don't.
0: And world keeps spinning. So being famous or whatever is not the way to be happy. Is the point of that article. We know that, but I'm just saying, having having put a lot of effort into it fairly recently to get rid of all the like pleasure seeking vices in my life, I can understand. And I'm you know I'm older. It should be a lot easier now. now how you gonna How do you t- How do you tell a 22 year old that just just trying hard in school today, going to your job? Being nice to your friends. That's that's, that's the way to live your life. What? (laughs) That doesn't sound very fun.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Dullsville,
0: man. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to do this the
2: rest of my life, and that's the way to have a happy life. Are you sure? I'd never made this connection before, but describing the fame and not being famous and that's okay. It reminds me of uh, they, there was some former king or ruler or something that would give baby elephants to people that he didn't like or people that he thought yeah, right, were right. bad to them. Right? Yeah, Jimmy Carter. Yeah, and it was a it was a, it was was an act of punishment because these people were not equipped to raise an elephant. It was elephant, a, a white
1: elephant. Yeah, the, the elephant right. would
2: eat them out of house and home right, and they uh, would eventually just right. uh,
1: perish and, or whatever. And they couldn't kill it or get rid of it because it was a gift from the king.
2: Exactly. Right. And I think fame in many ways is that very sure. same thing. I think most people are not equipped for the, the traps that come with fame, and fame is, is almost a punishment to, to a certain extent in, sure, in the sure, way that it makes you live your life.
0: But most of us aren't going to become famous even if we want to. Right. Uh, but we certainly can buy stuff we shouldn't buy, have too much sex, eat too much whatever, all that other stuff to seek pleasure, and it doesn't work. But I'm telling ya, you, look at, you look at the day from when you first open your eyes in the morning with none of your vices in front of you, looks a little dull.
1: I wrestle with that every, day.
3: What's, every your, day. what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the beast, Hurricane Irma not getting any weaker, moving fast towards the U.S. We've got a new report just out. Russian hackers are getting into America's power grid network. And social media blowing up about Taylor Swift's latest conquest. Stories minutes from now, Armstrong
1: and Getty. Here's a question for you. What if you've spent 25 years raising kids and had more self denial than you ever thought you would? Do I get a pass now?
2: Please.
0: (laughs) Can I just please? You would think so.
1: I feel pretty happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty show. 60 Minutes kicks off this Sunday, one of my favorite all-time television shows, and they've announced their first guest is going to be Steve Bannon, talking to Charlie Rose on 60 Minutes. So if Steve Bannon has got scores to settle or is going to try to, you know, make some noise, he's going to do it this Sunday night on 60 Minutes. Good stuff.
3: Let's get the news now, Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump is saying the government is watching and preparing for Hurricane Irma. There's a new and seems to be record-breaking hurricane Heading right toward Florida and Puerto Rico, and we'll see what happens. We'll know in a very short period of time, but it looks like it could be something that will be uh, not good. Believe me, not good. Trump. I believe you. It's an effing powerful hurricane. I believe you. Trump making the remark in a White House photo op today. The Category 5 hurricane currently in the Caribbean, still packing maximum sustained winds of 185 miles an hour. Gusts of 200 miles an hour. Yikes. It's windy. Could make landfall in Florida sometime Sunday. Meanwhile, CBS News has learned that a well known cybersecurity company says Russian hackers have been successfully targeting the energy sector in the U.S. Cyber firm Symantec says in a new report that Russian hackers, codenamed Dragonfly, have been able to infiltrate energy sector computer networks with malicious emails so-called watering hole attacks, and trojanized software. The hackers, who according to Symantec, have ties to the Russian government, may have compromised more than a dozen American companies in recent months. To what end, do we know?
1: Squirting oil out into the ocean, stealing their money. That's what I wonder with most hacks,
0: to what end? You hear about a giant hack, and then I wonder, okay, what's going to happen? Anything? Well,
3: Well, if you're you're getting into your power grids, I mean, there's always a possibility, okay, we are going to hit the master on-off switch. Well, exactly, yeah. Yeah. If, If it's that sort of Trojan horsey approach primarily, well, that's worrisome. This morning, an official told uh, CBS News that the Department of Homeland Security is aware of the report and is reviewing it. At this time, there is no indication of a threat to public safety, quote, unquote. And some are wondering if this is Gulfgate. Turns out dozens of business leaders, lobbyists, and others who work to influence government policy are paying to be members of golf clubs where they might run into President Trump. Mm. An investigation by USA Today found at least 50 execs of companies with federal contracts, 20 lobbyists and trade group officials are all members of the Trump clubs the president has visited most often since taking office. And experts are saying nothing illegal appears to be going on, but the question whether it's appropriate for a sitting president's company to collect money from people trying to win government business or influence government policy. So the
0: only difference is Trump owns the golf courses cuz I got to believe rich powerful people have been doing this for a long time. You figure out where Barack Obama likes to play golf and
1: you play golf there hoping to run into him. Sure, whatever he does. Yeah, the the trading money doesn't bother me so much uh, unless unless there's a quid pro quo. I mean, you just you can never have a business person president. Again, I don't know how you work this stuff out. I really don't. I mean, because unless he completely dissolves his business empire and his family's business empire, that's just hard. You can't mandate that. It's a
3: a tough nut to crack. So you just you got to look for quid pro quo. And if you find it, you got to bust them. Taylor Swift has just earned a historic number one song. (laughs)
2: Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do.
3: Swift's Look What You Made Me Do is the new number one song. too repetitive. On the Billboard Hot 100 Singles Chart, first single off her forthcoming album, Reputation, soared from number 77 to the top, knocking Despacito down a notch to number two.
0: Despacito. We play that a lot at my house for some reason. Mm. Um... And that was the biggest number one in the history of the world, right? Despacito. So, uh, yeah. they, okay, whatever.
3: Well, and the the other part of this is Swift becomes the first woman to get a number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 this year. Before her single, every artist to score a number one hit in 2017 has been male.
2: So she's the first chick.
3: Yeah. yeah. The chicks year. make music, too. <laughs> I'm, to the gals. I'm for that. Scoring a big number one. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show the voice of the west when justin bieber really
0: gets when he really emotes the whole despacito
1: and it just grips you, mm. you and hear it mm. it's moving a little fella is wow. this the aforementioned hit record or what I don't
2: like yeah this is the taylor soap song All right, i see don't number one song like
1: your tilt
2: this is the new moody kind of grown-up Taylor Swift. Right. Oh, the, a darker version. Of Taylor <laughs> and and Swift. this is a shot at Kanye West, yeah. they believe. So. Uh, yeah, uh, possibly stage. some uh, some shade being thrown at Katy Perry as well. Oh no, over there, long oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, those, yeah, those two gals just can't seem to get, get on the same page.
1: She's been mad ever since that guy grabbed her butt.
0: That's my analysis. Taylor Swift and Katy Perry will do a song together and a tour together at some point, won't they? And cash in on this supposed rift that I, I guess. Hate it'll you be tour. like the Arabs and
1: Israelis finally sitting down. There. Well, won't that be a beautiful moment? No, the out
0: coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. border no nation why aren't more people bothered by that people chanting that in the street that's the dissolution of the country
1: right we want to dissolve the united states of america chant crowds of uh, young progressives in the street that's not worthy of paying attention to welcome to the
0: petering out portion of the armstrong and getty show
1: Yes, uh, thank you for being here. I'm afraid it may be the petering out of the Burning Man. Did you hear about oh, yeah. the burned man at Burning
0: Did Man? Did you see the picture of him running in there?
1: Uh, yes, uh, grim. Uh, this brought to our attention by uh, Jeffrey who suggests using the caveman voice to say, hmm, fire hot. I was afraid. Not sure that's necessary. When
0: I first heard this story of a guy running into the fire, I thought, is this going to end it? Somebody's going to get sued or something or the.
1: Because that sucks. One crazy person runs into the fire, and is that the end of it? So, at the end of the thing, if you're not familiar with it, they build this. It used to be a crazy big dude. Well, I think it still is, but it's kind of a temple, and it's just it's a silly symbol. And, it's and then enormous. They, right. Oh, it's, it's many stories tall. And then um, they set it on fire, hence the name of the festival. About 600 volunteers and staff were ringing the perimeter of the temple backed up by a metal security fence, et cetera, et cetera. See, I think that's ridiculous.
0: You have to put up a fence around a giant fire to make sure people don't run into it. <laughs> to keep
1: people from willfully burning themselves to death. Yeah, what the hell is that? I mean, it, it, so uh, at that point, don't we have to, like... Keep people from stabbing themselves in the eye with steak knives at restaurants. <laughs> keep people from like... I've lost th- three eyes that way. <laughs> right? Keep people from just swigging down cleaning chemicals right. at the hardware store. Well, I I mean,
0: have to, to? Shouldn't you have barriers along all highways just to keep people from
1: running out in front of cars? Well, right. It's, it's the yeah. same thing. A thousand examples, yeah. But so one Looney Tunes, or he was on drugs or something... Aaron Joel Mitchell, age 41, died Sunday morning after he ran into a fire Saturday night, a raging inferno. Um, he
0: ran straight into it and burned to
2: death. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, well, part crazy, part also exactly what's supposed to happen when you run into a fire. Like, that's, yeah, well, yeah, that's so too. bizarre. Yeah, uh,
1: The government wanted 350 extra security guards. Burning Man uh, actually doubled that. We're showing the government we can step forward. Said a lady. Uh, <laughs> it's a testament to our spirit. We have a ritual to complete. It's just, it's just insane. It's insane that anybody would look at this as not enough security was provided. Right. Uh, it's not clear if he was running directly into the fire or was running toward it, then fell when perimeter guards tried to stop him. Uh, Mitchell was not drunk, authorities said, but toxicology tests are uh, yeah, pending. Yeah, well, okay. Um... Yeah, yeah. This is his first Burning Man, according to his mother, grew up in Oklahoma, living in Switzerland with his, here's a shock, wife. He's 41. Nice, loving person, according to mom, who never has any idea what her son's up to, in my experience. like hiking and outdoors, running. His papa said he was a good son. Like running into fires. Yeah. I said,
0: yeah.
2: oh, Lord, Jesus, it's a fire.
1: That's right. It's what they do every year at the end of the festival, darling. Oh, uh, it's just, it's, it's terrible. Crazy. But, but, you, you must have freaked out. But who looks at a bonfire
0: as something you need to put police around to make sure people don't run into it? Right. Well, under... No. We can't structure society like
2: this. Can you imagine?
1: You go to a nice hotel in the lobby. They got a fireplace. They got a guy with a gun <laughs> to keep you from diving in there. <laughs> nice.
2: Well, I, I think they try to go above and beyond understanding that per capita there's probably more psychedelics being passed around in a at a desert. Yes, That's yes. where you're wrong. The cop stops you on the way in and tells
0: you this is a drug-free event. Oh, right, right, you, you right. you still got to give people the, the freedom
1: to, if you're going to take drugs around a fire, you might get effed up and fall in the fire. Rangers who work the event are told in advance to look out for three kinds of people likely to rush toward the fire. People trying to get attention, like strikers, People who are on drugs are intoxicated and don't understand the danger, and the suicidal. Don't understand the danger. Hmm. I'm going to run into a giant fire. I'll be fine. Well, that's, that's, that's suicidal, really man. Fast. <laughs> God, really you know, suicide's a tragedy, and I don't like to joke about it, but... Nobody would commit suicide like this. The person who decides, I want to commit suicide by hurling myself into an inferno? Holy crap. Yeah. Rethink it. All right, on a lighter note, because, well... So what they're going to everything's uh, So up, next yes.
0: year, are they going to be able to have the fire or have to get pay that much extra for security? Yeah. Well, they're volunteers,
1: but uh, most of the security, as I understand it, but uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You got Agai hurls himself into an inferno. You can find a guy to do, say, or believe anything you can conceive of.
2: That doesn't mean the rest of us need to change what we do. One guy does it, now we can't go see stripper karaoke in the desert. What is going on here? Right, (laughs) right. Yeah, no
1: kidding. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, ridiculous and overwrought the overreaction will be. Also, as we turn our gaze around the nation, this is absolutely hilarious. Uh, Shannon. Uh, somebody tweeted this. It was brought to our uh, attention by alert listener Noel. This was a completely cleaned-out grocery store in Houston a couple of days ago. And there's the vegan food section completely stocked. Oh, wow. Is that real? Still there. If it ain't real, I don't want to know it because that is so amusing.
0: <laughs> well, if, if I was looting the store, I wouldn't take any of it. And unless I was starving... I wouldn't take it either. Who wants some vegan hot dogs? Uh, No, seriously, who wants some? I could lose a little weight anyway. And either free, no?
2: (laughs) What? (laughs) That's hilarious. Let's hear our guest announcer for final thoughts. Oh, it's me again. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Oh, uh, and now, final thoughts with your host, Joe Getty. Thanks. Just like Mama's (laughs) milkshake. No, you don't get to do your catchphrase.
1: Time for final thoughts. Well, let's get everybody's final thought. Uh, Positive Sean. Yes, instance, would, what's
2: yours? I would like to quote uh, comedian Sarah Tiena, who says, Why do we continue to name hurricanes after old people? I say we name them after strippers. I'm much more interested in a Hurricane
3: Diamond than a Hurricane Irma. <laughs> All right, Marshall (laughs) Phillips, your final thought. Well, I am uh, going to head out once again for my almost uh, bi-weekly visit to the dentist today. This will be great fun, but you know, after You've got to quit chewing rocks. Well, you know, after that, though, I just go over to the Raven Social and Athletic Club and uh, have uh, one or two tall ones. There you go. Fantastic. Michelangelo, your final thought. Uh, Yeah, kids always want the toys they see on TV. Next time your little girl asks for our Barbie dream house, get her some blueprints, cement, wood, and tools, and have her build the thing in the backyard. She's more likely to appreciate it and won't just play with it twice.
1: Wow, very nice. Little junior contractor said, Jack, what's your final thought?
0: Yeah, thinking about this whole, what do you look forward to every day if you've eliminated all your vices? If you have any uh, suggestions, uh, you can text us, 415-295-KFTC, or email, because it's, it's a conundrum. <laughs> last night, I went with eating eight brownies. That's what I went with.
1: <laughs> Seriously, wow. eight? Jeez, I go yeah. eight. Wow, oh, that's right. amazing. My final thought is actually a question: Is pumpkin spice the new Super Bowl commercials? Is the or or no better than that? Is pumpkin spice the new? Because we're all supposed to ooh and on ah joke about how many pumpkin spice things there are, but I'm kind of over Isn't mm-hmm. The new Nickelback sucks. Yes, thank you. That's a good example. Or bacon is yummy. Oh, that's uh, perfect. Yeah, is that... I don't know. Do we make a big deal of it this year again? People bring us pumpkin spice, you know, what, a toothpaste? Whatever. <laughs> it exists. Are we going to chuckle about that, or is that
2: over? <laughs> I think it's
3: over. Okay.
2: Pumpkin spice is what, Sean? Uh... Pumpkin Spice is a flavor bully. It, a flavor bully. Yeah, it, it gets into places where it doesn't belong. It overpowers the actual flavors of the things that you want. I'm not a fan. Right, we're anti-bullying
0: around here. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. there's
1: something we ought to be talking about, send it along. You can email it to Armstrong and Getty. Spell it out, armstrongandgetty at com, or go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. You can tweet at us, text, whatever. Yeah, we
0: will see you tomorrow. God bless America.
2: This is... Uh
3: And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done.
1: Thank you and good night.
3: <laughs> the show's over. Bye bye. This has been the emotionally anchored Trump? What's the
1: unhinged Trump going to do? Build a lair? Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.